You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. Hey, how you doing? It's your, <laughs> it's your boy Steve. Once again, thanks for having. I'm sorry. No, no, sorry, sorry. I'm just running for the, uh, for the intro. I just drink water and it, and it's like freaking messing with my throat. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, welcome everyone to the Cyber Time Bite episode eighty-two of of the podcast, and I and your boy here. Your boy Steve has can't believe I made it this far, man. Eighty-two episodes. I'm I'm so close to ninety. It's crazy, man. Um, uh, you you uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to talk about something real quickly. I'm gonna make this real quick. Um, okay. I so this is gonna be a little bit down the line because it's gonna be whatever. But uh, episode sixty-seven. Or not sixty-seven, was it? Um, eighty-seven, yeah, eighty-seven. Um, no, wait, crap. Seven, no, seventy-six. Yeah, seventy-six. Sorry. Episode, okay. Episode seventy-six. I um, I it was really weird because all de- all of November, all of December, I didn't do like I was on a long hiatus because that month was crazy. And I start, okay. I started doing re-uploads. Um, starting January, January 8th and it's continuing on. So I want to say sorry for everyone for that. Um, even though it's a little bit down the line by this point, by the time this comes out, but thank you for everyone for sticking around. But, um, now that I got that cleared up, let's move on with this episode. And today I am here with, with, with the one and not the one and only, but, but the, but someone who is training to get into the professional wrestling game and i'm here with uh with uh hat with hashtag cable cable guy <laughs> hey steve thanks for having me hey no problem it's uh it's a uh, it's um great to have you on because i'm pretty sure not a lot of people know about you unless they unless um unless they listened to you incredible just incredible as i may say from ecw um on twitter and saw that hey you're that guy that that's happened a couple times what in real life like walk down the street and just um and they say hey it's that guy uh well well the one i was at a show over the weekend uh for battlefront pro extreme and uh the one promoter there uh when i met him the time before, uh, I guess he was following me on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, and he says, "Hey, uh, uh, what's your what's your name?" And I said, "Hi, my name is Ryan." And he's like, "Okay, what's your gimmick?" And I'm like, "Cable guy." He's like, "Hey, good to hear you. You know, good to see you, man. Happy that you're here." And he was just super welcoming. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like that. I mean, I I want to I want to briefly tell this over. I mean, before we started recording, he we were talking about we were just talking a little bit you know getting to know each other and you, you were telling me about how um how you started as <coughs> as a as like one of those i'm not gonna say you, you were the guy on the cherry picker right uh, fixing people's cable or the aids for direct tv you were saying 
I, I, I'm not so much a cherry picker where I was that guy who put the ladder on the side of your house and drilled the satellite dish in your, uh, in your roof and then would run the wires all throughout the basement and what have you. And, and then hook it up to your TV and get that all working. Yeah. So, so, so basically he was calling aliens. Ding, 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 ding. No, I'm kidding. No, no, we, we know that satellite dishes don't call aliens. And if they did, this guy would be out of business. <laughs> hey, hey, you'd, you'd be surprised uh, uh, because, like, we had this app on the phone where you could, like, pick the right satellite you needed to get to right out of the sky rather than just using a, a compass. Yeah. And uh, you'd be amazed, you know, there's quite a few of them up there. So you never know who's what they're doing. So <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, um, you gotta confirm with me though. I mean, you've been doing that for a long time, but you gotta tell me. Um, to, is it? I mean, like I've seen it happen a few times when the weather gets bad, your TV doesn't work anymore, and all that crap and whatever. But has that changed over the years? Like the how the weather affects your satellite signal and all that, or is that still a problem? Uh, somewhat. It's still a problem. It, it it it. There's a lot of factors that it depends on. And uh, what exactly is going on outside? And there's also where preventative measures you can take. Like if, for example, if ice built up on your satellite dish, you know, towards the receiver ends mm -hmm. and the tuner end, uh, it would like weigh it down and it would throw it just a smidgen out of whack. And then it's not beamed onto the satellite. And then when it melted, it would pop back into place and it would work. So people would get uh, dish warmers where it was like a big, like, hot plate they put to the back of the heater thing that they put to the back of the satellite dish and therefore it always kept it at a certain temperature and uh you know the rain and it all just depends how bad the weather is outside and so yeah that that's that's pretty wild <laughs> um but like um but like um we were talking about that, and that was pretty cool. I mean, like, you know, because everyone has their beginnings and where they begin. But, obviously, for people who know you or people who don't know you, and I'm pretty sure a lot of, pe a lot of people listening to this won't know who you are. And, okay. And there, and there may be the people who do know who you are. But No, 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 it's it's fair. I'm, you know, I know mostly I've been on the, on the New England scene with Credible, and I've only been out in really my neck of the woods in new york uh like a couple times so but it's fair it's fair and reasonable so so just give it like unless you want to give us the long for the long-term version what what is your like just what was your journey like from you know from the beginning to where you are now and with the with the whole wrestling thing and your gimmick and all that stuff and how that how your career became what it became if you know what I mean. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll try to, I'll do my best here. Okay, so in in the beginning, I sent out probably a thousand emails, and initially I didn't really plan to do wrestling. I wanted to be like a Howard Stern shock jock style radio host and uh, see if I can get that gig. So I wanted to set up a podcast, and I sent out over a thousand emails to people, and the only people who got back to me initially were the wrestlers, Sabu specifically. And, uh, you know, he, he kept it real with me and, and, you know, if you listen to it, it's really not the best interview. I, you know, I've gotten a lot better since then, but he was, you know, cool about everything. And, uh, I got a lot better, but 
and I was just to that point after a year of just not getting any kind of a, of a response, I was like, all right, we're doing this. And I sort of rediscovered wrestling and my love of all of it at a bit later in life. But, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, began interviewing some of you know, it's all on my YouTube channel, Cable Guy TV. If I interviewed all the wrestlers on there and a few actors here and there. And uh, then it was finally when I reached out to Just Incredible him and I, we sort of clicked over the phone and he started just giving me a lot of pointers on what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong. And, uh, and ultimately said that I had to do more because the podcasting game, it is a difficult one. And, uh, so I told him that I wanted to be a manager and occasional wrestler. And, uh, he told me to, uh, come out and see him. And I did just that eventually. And, uh, I went on the road with him. It'll be two years in uh, April. And uh, he uh, went out there, and my very first trip, he uh, it's actually kind of a funny story where at the time he uh, sort of got into a little spat at home, and I had gotten a room at the Marriott, and they upgraded me to a suite, so I had, like, this whole other hotel room. I had, like, two hotel rooms to myself, and I was like, you know, budget, why don't you come crash at the Marriott with me? And that he did, and it was sort of one of those moments in life that sort of everything in my life had sort of come to this, and I just went with it, and we uh, went to Queens, New York for a Comic-Con autograph signing in the morning, and then after that, we drove all the way to Dover, Delaware via the Jersey Turnpike, where he uh, ended up getting in the ring later that night, and uh, then uh, we drove all the way back to uh, Waterbury, Connecticut, and uh I did have the option to go meet Vince McMahon because we were passing through Stamford at four in the morning, but I don't care if it was John F. Kennedy. I was too exhausted to talk to anybody at that point. And, uh, wait, wait, are you saying, are you saying that WWE called you and, and they were going to, they were going to let you talk to Vince McMahon? No, we were driving along the, the highway. Cause initially, see, here's the thing is that he promised me a whole bunch of stuff on the phone and, Ultimately, he delivered on everything he promised that week in time permitting because he says we were going to stop by the office on the way where he was just going to bring because he has a, like a kayfabe, uh, like a key card thing to get in there to go use the gym. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the fringe benefits. And uh, if you're loyal to Vince, you know, you can go use the gym if you're in town. And uh, he w- and Vince works out at four in the morning. And it was about four in the morning. We were passing through Stamford on the way up to Waterbury. And he's like, pull off here. I'm going to go introduce you to Vince. And I was just so tired and exhausted and fatigued and just really not in the mood to meet anybody. I'm like, we'll do it at the next trip. And we haven't done that yet. But, you know, when we have time, he said he'll take me down there and go introduce me to people because why not? (laughs) So so if I get so if I name this correct, when you and Just Incredible are basically road buddies uh, uh, your road buddies and you guys go to shows together but you guys aren't a tag team but you guys just it's it's like it's like you guys ride together to the same shows but you guys do your own separate things at the shows but you just ride together no 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 we're part of the same stable and everything like that and uh essentially see here's here's the thing is that uh at the time i really couldn't afford to go to wrestling school up here in buffalo and you know resources were limited at the time and uh I used to box for at, a, at an amateur level. I did it for around four years. And if there's one thing I learned from boxing is learn from a professional because this is your life. 
So I reached out and started shopping around to see who, uh, who, who would, uh, you know, who would train me. And, uh, I got a few responses back from some of the veterans and, uh, and at the time I, you know, tell incredible what I wanted to do. And he's like, no, screw that. Just come out. And essentially we go on the road together and he just trains me on the job at the, and they give me little spots to do during the match. And, you know, when I make it able to make the towns, they give me more and more to do. And, uh, yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's just something that sort of popped up out of nowhere in life that at a very dark time. And I just went with it. No, that, that, that is, no, that is, no, that's really cool. I mean, like I would, like, I would love, I, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying this and I'm just saying that I would love to have credible on the show, man, to talk to credible, man, that would be cool. I, I can make that happen. Are you sure? I don't. I don't want to act like. I don't want to feel like. I don't want to feel like. Oh no! You have to do it now. I'm just saying it would be cool. No, no. When it, he, so here's the thing. He's been really busy lately. Like I was out over the weekend and everything, and uh, you know, and I ended up crashing uh, at his apartment with his family and everything, and they were very good hosts. But it's just like he's he's busy with a lot of things. Like they're still trying to finish up the movie Credible out there and put the finishing touches on that and. He, he is getting dates, you know, every weekend and everything. So he's just, and on top of that, he's, he's a father and a family man. So that's, so I, you know, I'll, you know, I'll shoot him a text, call him or whatever. And, you know, he'll, he'll do it. Trust me. He'll be down. He's a, he's a really good dude. You know, he, he took a chance on me and, and everything like that. And so he loves helping out the young boys. Yeah. I'll, um, if you can, if you can do it, I would. Uh, I could. Yeah. I would appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's no problem. No problem. So, so have you met? So, through your time with him, have you met like you know people like Van Dam, Dreamer, the Sandman, any of those guys? I, okay, I'll give you. A, I'll give you the list of people I've I've interacted, encountered, slash seen. Uh, I met Tommy Dreamer in the Poconos, and he actually walked right up to me and says, "Hi, I'm Tommy Dreamer." And Tommy Dreamer is a very big, imposing man. Like TV doesn't do him justice, where he's very tall and broad-shouldered, and uh, but very soft-spoken and kind. And uh, and then I just sat there and listened to him and uh, Credible have a conversation and critique the match, and you know that was worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. So. Uh, I've uh, I've actually I've managed Buff Bagwell, and that was a sort of at a down point at at uh towards the beginning where some stuff sort of dropped off, and uh, I had interviewed Buff Bagwell, and uh, turns out Buff and I we have a lot more in common than just wrestling. We had very similar backgrounds growing up, and I just asked him what is it going to take if uh, you're ever in my neck of the woods to do a, a tryout slash one off, uh thing as your manager and that was more like a and honestly it was more like a a bucket list sort of thing because like there were people who were fans of hulk hogan there were people that were fans of rick flair and then there were buff bagwell fans and uh i think it was because he would go on before i had to go to betters so yeah he uh oh yeah and uh he uh and i didn't and it was like a year and some change later after i interviewed him And I just sent him a text when I was just frustrated and pissed off one day because I just didn't have a move, no leverage or anything to do anything or get anything going on. 
uh, you know, wrestling wise. And, uh, I reached out to him and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, it's still good. And initially the, the deal was I had to go pick him up from the airport in Syracuse because, uh, he, uh, can't drive at the moment. And he, uh, then he called me back two minutes later and he's like, okay, my agent's coming with me. And, uh, it was, and, uh, he said, all right, just meet me up there. And, uh, it, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it seemed, you know, cause in certain circles, Buff didn't have the best reputation. Okay. But yeah, he, uh, uh, and so we're like, okay. And so, uh, I had to have my one buddy ride up with me and he's been on a couple trips with me, mm-hmm. uh, for wrestling. And, uh, so we're riding up from Buffalo to Potsdam, which is at the very tip of the state, right by the Canadian border. And, uh, he rode the five hours up there with me and, uh, my matches up there on, on YouTube. And I went out there with buff and got to be part of the NWO for a night. And, you know, and, and actually buff paid me for that too. And usually you don't get paid for this, you know, when you're just trying out and especially new in the business, you're just happy for TV time, you know? Yeah. So, so uh, we went up, go ahead. No, no, sorry. No, no, I'll let you finish it. I'll let you finish so, your story. So yeah, we we went out there, and uh, you know Buff was you know Buff taught me a lot that night about uh, you know just you know how to do it, and uh, yeah, we uh, all parted ways as friends, and he was super cool with me, and you know, and uh, you know, and that's what happens, and I always told him I'll give him his due, and we'll let the cards fall where they may, and the and for the you know the fact of the matter, he didn't have to do anything for anybody, okay, but. Or you know, do you um, do you uh, how how did it feel to go with the gimmick? How do you felt staying next to um, buff the stuff, and the girls can't get enough? <laughs> oh, <buff. laughs> that was a gimmick, right? I forgot. Oh, uh, uh, I love. I just love that man. Okay, uh, yeah, buff. Yeah, buff was great to work with. Okay, he's you know he very pleasant with me. He was professional. Uh, turns out he still has groupies 20 years later when, uh, I was at the store and wearing the, and I was in my, I was in my gear and, uh, cause I, I, they didn't know what the promote. I didn't know the promoter at the time and I was supposed to meet buff there for, but I was a little bit early getting up there before him. So I went, we went to go eat at Burger King and I'm sitting there changing in my gear in the Burger King, uh, locker room. And I come out and these kids are like staring at me. The Burger King and, locker room. I like how you call the bathroom the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just talking to all the gimmick, man. Forgive me. And uh, yeah, I'd use that changing table as like a table just to put all my stuff there, so I didn't because I didn't want it like touching the floor, you know, getting all you know gunky. So, uh, you know, and then I ended up seeing that family at the show, and we were joking about like how they were staring at me, you know, walking out of because uh, it was like a blizzard outside, and then I'm walking out in a shorts and t-shirt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So, 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 uh, yeah. And, uh, so we went out, did the match, had a great time and, uh, yeah. And, uh, we parted ways as friends. So are you saying that you guys aren't friends anymore? Oh no, we are friends. We, we, we went, our, we parted ways. Like he went back to Atlanta oh. and, you know, we're all still friends to this day. And, uh, and then on top of it, uh, my one friend who rode out with me, he's really, really into music. And he asked for, for Buff's permission to, uh, take on the moniker of Bud Bagwell and uh, Buff fully endorsed and gave us his blessing. So how, um, I mean, like he seemed, uh, I, I can't, I can't, 
I can't believe in in all the episodes I've done in my show, I never had a full conversation about Buff Bagwell before. <laughs> but anyway, oh. um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was fine. He, yeah, Buff was fine with me. Okay, you know, and he didn't have to be. And at the time, like I said, I had I had no leverage. You know, maybe fifty followers on Twitter. Like, yeah. So but he seems like a great didn't... guy. Seems like a great yeah, guy. Yeah. He is. He is. You know, it's, you know, is my, my opinion, it's, you get in one little backstage fight and is it really the end of the world? And when there's people who held Vince up for millions of dollars, you know, which is low key extortion in my opinion. How, no, how no, do you know this would be so freaking cool? What if for my podcast, imagine this, no, imagine this. What if, like, you know, I, like, we did this thing where, like, we can get you and Buff the dude to get a match together. Like, you got, like, you and Buff are having a match, and, like, I'm, and I, and for one day, I'm, like, your manager or something, and I'm, come and, I'm, like, I'm wearing, like, my Cyber Time Bite shirt with the spork on it and all that stuff, and I'm, like, I'm, I'm repping the podcast, and I'm, and, like, you're doing your thing, and, and, like, I, I guess I would be a face unless you want me to be a heel, and and we would like we would like do this whole thing where like where like I like we could do like this whole thing where like like I'm like the manager and I I don't know how I don't know how it would play out but like I feel like that would be awesome and amazing. How if Buff down? I'm down, and if you could find a promoter who's 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 willing to book us, I'm down. Yeah, well, it probably, probably had to be done here in Illinois because I don't, I don't have millions of dollars and can go halfway across the country to do to, to do something like that. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, if if you go, here's the thing: if you go and arrange all this stuff and you find someone, someone who's willing to book to book it, you know, and you reach out to Buff, I'm, you know, it's a wrestling business. I'm sure, you know. Are you saying like? Nothing- yeah, but like, are you saying like, if I find a promoter that can be like, "Hey, Buff and Cable Guy here want to do a match"? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the promoter would have to, you know, reach out to Buff and agree to, you know, whatever he, you know, he wants, you know. But I'm down. Yeah, I mean, because you know, I know it would be that would be pretty cool. I mean, like the the the, the cool no, the, the other cool thing is would be like if there's like a like a Royal Rumble type thing out there on the Indies or something, and they needed someone, I would totally freaking like be in that thing. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I do Royal Rumbles because they're they're easy to do. So, there, hell yeah, no, let's there, do it. Yeah, because. Yeah, because there was a friend of mine who used to live here in Illinois who now lives in England, where for his birthday one year, his friends and a few professional few wrestlers that were professionals got together and for his birthday had a birthday Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, hey, why not, you know? I, w- I want to do that. <laughs> Like hey, if you if you if hey if, if you arrange everything to make it happen, you know, I'm and you reach out to Buff. No, he's I'm a saying, pretty reason. He's a he's a pretty reasonable dude. No, I'm saying like would like if if like if I 
wanted to do that, if I could like find a way to do that, would it? And I told you about it. Would you actually fly here to Illinois and get a couple of people that kept the fly out here with you to be like, to be like, holy crap, it's actually happening! It's on my birthday, I'm going through a Royal Rumble. <laughs> sure, if you get the if you get the promoted, because here's here's the thing here's the thing about professional wrestling is that after about 300 miles. That's when the promoter has to, like, you know, either, you know, fly you out or uh, and put you up in a hotel, depending on on the region. And Buff's in Atlanta and I'm in Buffalo. So there's no, you know, there's no driving there and back in a day. <laughs> I don't, no, I, I, I'm not. No, I just. I'd be willing. I'd, I'd be willing, man. You know, if you'd be willing. But, uh, but uh, some other people that I've uh, interacted with is. Uh, I met New Jack once at the Comic Con. I uh, met Super Crazy, and I met uh, and I met Spike and Mikey Whipwreck. They were cool. Yeah, I um, I've been I, I tried to get Mikey on this show. I mean, like I attempted once, and he's in. I me no me and Mikey like like, it's kind of like eh. <laughs> no, I I love like I love Mikey man. He's one of my favorites. I mean, I tried to get him on the podcast, but like it wasn't working out. And now he has his own podcast, and now I'm kind of friends with Freeland, which is, you know, the guy who does the podcast with him and Jerry Lynn. So I'm, right. I'm kind of friends with him, so I sort of know Mikey, but I don't know Mikey enough to be like, you know. Right, right, right. That's understandable. That's understandable. But tell me about New Jack, and sorry you met him, because I know what kind of, per- because I know what kind of person he is in the real life. Uh, well, my interaction with New Jack was quite brief and to the point where he was getting up to maybe, I believe, go to the bathroom. Incredible was all like, hey, New Jack, can you do me a favor? Because, mind you, this is my first day on the road. So I'm all like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I'm not going to lie. A little part of me was, little tiny little part of me was sort of ready just in case, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to bash new Jack. Okay. He was, he he was just, he posed for me in the picture, you know, and then he, and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to interfere with what was going on and all the autograph. Cause there was a line out the door with autographs and you really don't want to interfere with, with the money making going on when you're the new guy. Did you, did you actually get to go to the ECW arena? Years ago, this oh oh excuse I my my I apologize I I misheard I thought you were talking about because ECW used to come to Buffalo and I went once years ago but no I haven't had the honor of going to Philly yet. I'm su- I'm surprised. I mean, being incredible for two years, I'm surprised he hasn't been like, here's the ECW arena. Don't you love it? <laughs> we we here's the thing. It's just a lot of times he'll just you know give me a certain amount of notice and and uh because i got to go out there first and philadelphia just hasn't been on the itinerary i want to believe me i want to go to philly and you know do the rocky steps and eat a philly steak and cheese and you know hang out with the sandman and all that well you probably don't want to hang out with sandman because i mean i know i mean i don't i think sandman got himself in lots of trouble i think oh back in the olden days but from what i hear he's uh He's toned it down a bit. You mean he cleaned up his life? Yeah, yeah. How about um, have you met Carino or or uh, Douglas or? No, I've never met Carino or Shane Douglas. Uh, I had a Rock and Rebel uh, was on the very first show that I did with Credible down in Dover, and uh, and it was like a month before he 
you know, went all crazy and what have you. And, uh, I always thought it kind of strange because, you know, he, he was, he, he, it was at different times he was in ECW, but it just, usually people come and say hello to each other and it just, he, you know, barely even acknowledged we were there. So, and then I read about him in the news a few weeks later. How, um, so like how, how did, um, how, how did your first year recredible do compared to your second year recredible do? Uh, second one went a lot more smoother. Right. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm trying to think of the right way to elaborate this. Uh, if, if it's too hard. It, I... Well, I'm, I, I'm trying to think. Well, let, let's put it this way. Year number one, it was right when he started to hit rock bottom and then he got he, he started doing the movie and things started getting progressively better and everything. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, we don't we don't got to bring up and open up old wounds and scabs. But, you know, if people want to know what happened during that timeline of a, like a year and some change ago, you know, go read the dirt sheets, the wrestling dirt sheets. So there were speed bumps along the way. And uh, ultimately, uh, you know, it's it got better. And, uh, you know, he actually put me I had a I have a bit part in his movie, actually, where I get interviewed by the director at one point right before the show. And I'm in the music video uh, seeing Red by Crossing Rubicon, where we're all hanging out together in the beginning, getting out of the car. Oh, so. Oh, yeah, because I remember like just incredible, like a few years ago, he was like he was like. He was on YouTube all the time. He was making all these inspirational videos. He was interviewing people. Like he seemed like he, like Credible seemed like this awesome, really nice dude. And then one day, for some reason or another, like he, he like, he, and then like some, and then like some one day or some other day or something. Like uh, I go on Twitter one day, and all of a sudden, like something changed, and he went all crazy and all that. And then, like that, that must have been when he hit his low point in life right right that and and that happened like a month after i interviewed him for the first time like what so when that all happened when, when that all that you know not to bring that when that and and, and here's the thing it's like you know that they, they did him they did him filthy trying to i'm not saying two wrongs make a right but you know trying to it's trying to publicly shame someone like that you know is like you know especially in the state that he was in at the time is like kicking a man while he's down and it was truly the last thing you know he needed at the time. But um, but, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not defending anybody's you know two like I say two wrongs do not make a right, and everybody we we all have our we all have our issues in this world, and you know I'm I'm a firm believer that your 20s are figuring out what the heck is wrong with you, and your 30s, 40s, or 50s of knowing exactly what's wrong with you. Just try not to let it affect those around you because who who's perfect in this world? And you got to have a certain level of crazy to want to do the the wrestling business because there's a lot of ups and downs to it and a lot of rejection you got to deal with. Well, if we're if we're, stay, if we're staying in gimmick and we're saying who's perfect in the world, Kurt Henning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, oh, Kurt. I mean, I mean that. I mean that. That's staying in gimmick, but in reality, no one's perfect. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no one's per and. 
And so it was right after that, shortly thereafter, then he, he uh, got doing the movie, and that was because of Dallas Page, and, and Jake Roberts was sort of helping out with that. And and uh, But that movie's a work in progress, so they're, as far as I know, they're putting the finishing touches on it, and it'll be out at some point, but yeah. <laughs> so, so how you met uh, DDP and... In, in, uh and Jake Roberts and all and everyone at DDP's little thing over there. I have not yet. I have not. I would like to. That would be that would be nice, but I haven't encountered them yet. Past few shows I've been on, Credible was the main star that they that they bring in on them, and, and on the rest it was uh, regional indie talent. Not saying they were bad wrestlers by any means. They're all really nice people, but no one that I would know. Uh. Well, not out in Illinois, you know. I'm, I'm sure you got you got your your stars out there, and these were these were all New England, New Jersey, New York, like New York City area, Connecticut, Massachusetts, that area. So are so are you on the road now? Like, are you just are you just like at a pit stop on the road going doing doing wrestling shows right now? Or are you at home in Buffalo right now? I'm at home in Buffalo right now. I just got back from from the trip this weekend on on monday and and uh yeah i'm home for a little while now what, uh, it's a long it's a long it's a very long drive and it takes a lot out of you so i'm guessing you were incredible this that whole last week right just the weekend how how was that like where do you where do you guys go what's easy you hit up and what but how was how was it uh we just we went to Jewett we just went to Jewett City and we were in the back of I believe called Alton's Music Hall and this was a smaller venue than what uh that pr- particular promotion usually does because normally they rent out an Elks Hall that gets a couple hundred people but it was a smaller venue and they had uh it was like sort of like they're bringing back the old rock and wrestling where there was a few bands that were playing mm-hmm. and and uh there was like a smaller bar in the back so sort of like Joey Ryan's uh bar wrestling in a way but with bands and such and uh yeah then we and here's the thing when when i go out there mostly we just hang out and it's a lot of times the whole wrestling business is get to where you have to go hurry up and wait and then go out there get yourself pumped up and you know to do your thing for a few minutes and then drive all the way back and then you just want to go to bed so mostly we were just hanging out watching netflix and just talking about the business and everything and yeah. <laughs> what, what's been your, uh, your favorite match so far that you've done? Oh, what we had you... a lot of fun in uh, Rhode Island because uh, they, the, that particular promoter out in uh, wound socket, he, he sort of gave people, uh, you know, just, he was very general about what you wanted and kind of let you do it your own way. And, uh, but the one that I was doing, uh, you know, we, they're very, it's, it was a lot more, you know, tightly knit in a way where everything had to go a certain sort of way. And, 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 uh, you, you know, usually credible or the guy Scotty out there, uh, Scotty anarchy, they would just find some, you know, something to do for us on you know just so we have a spot on the show and because you gotta you know that whole thing about paying your dues and hierarchy and such so you don't you know just so you don't catch heat with people and mm-hmm. that's that sort of thing and because it's yeah 
it can be a lot of funner. If you get on people's bad side, they can rib you pretty bad. Nothing really in, in particular that's happened to me. I've I've ribbed a couple guys, and you know, I've ribbed Credible, and I've ribbed uh, Jack Stevens, who's also in the stable. But that was more outside of the wrestling arena. What What is the name of your stable? And who is, in, except you and Credible, who else is in your stable? Okay, the name of our stable is called the Credible Club. And uh, it is Credible, myself... Jack Stevens and Scotty Anarchy. Wasn't Scotty Anarchy in ECW? No, he was not. Because because uh, there's wasn't no wait that's Scotty Anderson right? Yeah, Scotty Anarchy is a childhood friend of Credibles. Ah. Uh, yes. I thought oh oh because no because I thought like I knew there was a Scotty in ECW and I thought that was him and I was like none. No no no. They, uh, I believe they went to high. They went to opposing high schools, and Waterbury is a pretty tiny, tiny place. So they all ran in similar circles. So like, so like, or did did uh did you incredible like become friends like like in a snap, or did it take a little while? Uh, no, it, it was kind of a, it was more instant friendship, you know, because you know he, you know he gets my funny twisted dark sense of humor i get his sense of humor and uh you know he know you know he knows i i, I mean well at heart and and uh you know that i was just looking for something different in life to do and so we we we've always got on pretty well even after despite all the ups and downs in the past two years so that's, yeah that's pretty cool has he met your family before not yet, not yet. He lives, it, he's over 300 miles away, and Buffalo, it's just really, the closest he's came was Wadsworth, New York, and that was like an hour and a half from my house at the time, and and he didn't, you know, and he, he has to get back to Connecticut with his fam- family and fulfill all those duties, so after the show got done, you know, we gave each other a hug, and I went back to Buffalo, and he went back to Connecticut. I didn't know he, he lives in Connecticut, if I... Didn't he used to live somewhere well, else? Uh, he lived in New Jersey for a time. They lived uh, by the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I think that's where he was built from back in the day. It was Jersey, I think. Oh, Ozone Park, New York. Oh, Ozone Park, New York. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's like some place in Brooklyn or something. Because there's a and and like Brooklyn and Queens, uh, and uh, there and Manhattan. There's all these, you know. There's like. There's Harlem, but it's in on the island of Manhattan type of thing, you know. Yeah. Or there's Hell's Kitchen neighborhood, but New York has changed so much over the years; it's a lot different now. Have you have you had the chance to meet Boss Mahoney before he passed away? No, I did not. I did not. Yeah. From he passed he passed a few months before I got into doing all of this, so. Because, as you know, he was from Nutley, New Jersey, wherever that is. But right, R- right. Yeah, there's a lot of these. A lot of these guys hail from New Jersey. Well, I think I mean, it's because of its relevant. Because out there in like New York, New Jersey, Boston, there's major markets all within two hours. There's this thing that Credible taught me called the two-hour corridor, where two hours in every direction there's a major market. Yeah, because it would. Um... Because that's, 
Because, I mean, like, you know, that's clo- that's a Jersey, New York. That's close to Philadelphia. So I'm pretty sure a lot of these guys, you know, it was easy for them to get to Philadelphia because, you know, they live so close and in the right. all that. Right, right. Do you, um, did, did, uh, I hate, the, I, I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm sorry I'm centering it so much on ECW because, you know, Credible was an ECW, and I'm thinking because of that you met a bunch of ECW guys, but were you also a fan of WCW and the WIE slash F? <coughs> back in the day. Back in the day. What's, uh, well, what, 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 what's, well, what's the question? No, no, the, the, the question was, is like, do you like WC, did you like WCW and did you like the, WWF slash E back in the day? Oh, of course I did. Kept me company on Saturday afternoons, Monday evenings, and Thursday evenings when I could get when I could get by a cable television because uh, I had to rely on the C shows like uh, Jacked, Metal, Shotgun, Confidential, all that good stuff. And it was only when I timed it out, you know, if I just happened to be because I my, I grew up in a with divorced parents and they all lived on opposite sides of town, so. I had to time it out if I was going to be there, not to catch it on TV. And I was the youngest of five, so it's not like I had priority over what was going on the only TV we had. So if I was at my friend's house, I'd catch it. But a lot of times, I I got caught up by watching the C shows and and watching the under the mid card uh, guys, you know, showcase their talents all while being caught up. And then my buddies and I, the ones who did have cable, we'd all throw our money in and order the pay per views once in a while. And make a whole party out of it. So, so you never got to watch Raw, SmackDown, Nitro, Thunder. Occasion, well, occasionally if I was at like a friend's house or something, or or if I was like at, at like my because, or if I was at my dad's when he did get cable eventually, and uh, we just so happened to be there past, uh, you know, the start time, and I was lucky. But also, uh, we uh, would order the tapes as well. Like I told you off before we started, I'd order the ECW tapes and. Occasionally, we'd get the WWF tapes, or this is also back when you could rent them from the movie stores. So, mm-hmm. I had to, I had to MacGyver all that, to, you know, to get all my WWE and WCW in. You know, do um, do you have a um, a favorite? Do you? No, wait, not favorite. Sorry, I got to rebrand my question. We've. I was gonna. I was gonna say what. What was your favorite WCW pay per view and your w, and your favorite WWE pay per view in the past? But um, I, I first want to ask you, what do you think of today's product of the current WWE product? What do you think of it? It's no Attitude Era. That's what our, I think. That's what everyone wants. Attitude Era. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. When John Laurinaitis got fired and John Cena gave him the attitude adjustment through the announcer table, you know, there's, I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't like fantasize about doing that to some of the people I've worked for over the years and bosses I've had. So, and then when you have a rough day at work and you go home and you see that. Makes you feel you know, good. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel better. Or, or like, uh, at the time, uh, I uh, was working a roofing job, and uh, we were trying to go with this one big dude and uh, saying it's time to take out the trash Vince McMahon style and pick this dude up and then toss him into the big dumpster. 
because oh. he was the only he was the only one physically like big enough to do that to somebody. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, uh. so yeah, um, so not so all in all, you're not really not really your thing. Uh, well, I'll try. See, here's the thing: is that back in the olden days, where they didn't use scripts, they used bullet points as credible taught me and they will, they gave you a bullet point at some point to get across, but you do, you deliver it in your own way and it seemed believable. And then it sort of took up this pseudo game of Thrones complex where a lot of what times what people would look forward to each week is seeing the various t- different characters interact with each other and see how they would respond to each other. And now it all just seems so scripted and you know, the backstage le- segments are just ridiculously long or the promos are just ridiculously you know long and and rambling and where you know i was taught from that school try to keep it under two minutes but that's just my personal opinion okay it's Mm -hmm. there's always you know but there's always room for improvement i guess what um so what so what's your what's your favorite pay-per-view from ecw wcw and doe slash f well, the one pay-per-view with the heat wave incident, that was pretty classic because at the time uh, I was sitting in a, in a room full of like a, a bunch of people at like a, some kind of a social gathering or like a birthday party. And I'm like, ooh, pay-per-view. And they're like, and so, and we all know what happened during the heat wave incident. Yeah. When, when Bubba was screaming what he was screaming. And uh, yeah, if you, if you saw the look of shock and, and all the parents face in the room, that it was it was glorious and uh wcw i even though it was one of the worst pay-per-views they ever did it was my favorite for other reasons just because uh uh my brother and i we had a lot of fun it was the halloween havoc where the ultimate warrior came back and essentially my older brother who was had about 40 pounds and a foot on me i had essentially like defend myself that whole pay-per-view from him trying to emulate the moves on me and uh yeah that that was one of the most glorious house destroying family brawls you could ever imagine a teenager could have at that point in his life. And, uh, I liked, uh, even though it didn't turn out the way I wanted to, and it was sort of when I smartened up to the business, uh, WrestleMania 18, where the NWO was, was, uh, was there was uh, my favorite one. And I've never ordered an impact pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I, I, I know that's a cop-out, but I, hey, I, 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 I yeah, I, I guess they're getting better and they're, they got some really good talent there. Like, you know, Brian Cage and Tessa Blanchard and, uh, Johnny impact when he was there. I know. I never ordered a TNA pay-per-view either. And I wasn't really the biggest TNA fan in the first place anyway. So, right, right. Yeah. I, it just wasn't my thing, and it was always on at times when I would eat, when I would like just not be able to watch it. And this was before we had DVR and such. Wait, how would you feel about doing an empty arena match? Uh, sure. You would do it. Sure, against who? Hmm. Whoever you whoever you decide you want to do it against. <laughs> yeah, that, that I've never been asked that before, but sure. 
No, who? No, who? No, here, better question. Who would you want to do an empty arena match with? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I've always wanted to do a stable versus stable match. Credible Club versus the New Heart Foundation. <laughs> oh, you 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 want you have you want your stable versus like. Um, Pillman Jr. and his stable. <laughs> yes, with uh, and I've actually been in the talks with this with this guy uh, with uh, Randy Hogan as our manager. If you if you're familiar with who that is, he just popped back up on the scene, but he's a really nice guy, and uh, we've been talking about trying to have him uh, because uh, Credible is in the process of getting called up to one of the major platforms, and. Uh, we're trying and uh, we're trying to see if uh, he would be down to c if I was lucky myself to do like a appearance or two, and I had to get in the ring that he would come out as the manager. Oh, that no, that that's really cool. I mean, like as you probably saw, I interviewed Pillman Jr. on my show. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think I'm on Pillman Jr.'s radar. To be honest with you, <laughs> he's many many levels ahead of me in this game. But like. But I'm pretty. I'm. Just, are you saying you would want to do that match in an empty arena? That match. Well, empty arena, full arena, whatever you know. Yeah, because 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 I honestly don't know how much it it costs to do like 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 it's it can't cost like that much to do like a match in like if you what's what's per se. Let's take my city for example, and let's just take the All Seed Arena for example. I don't, I don't think it would cost that much just to say, "Hey, we need to rent the All Seed Arena with no one in it for like a good forty-five or to an hour." Like that can't. Hell, huh? Hell if you, hell if you know people who work there or have the in there, you know maybe grease the wheels a little. They might just let us use it. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could just see you and whoever you want to verse just. Just being each other around an empty all-state arena. <laughs> you got it. You got You got to get it on camera, though. Yeah, I mean, if you no, here's no, here's no, I got a deal for you. All right, if if for some reason you can you can get a match booked for an empty arena match at the all-state arena, like like I'm talking like empty match, real empty, no one's in the building of sets. Me and whoever you and whoever you're versing. I will I will videotape that whole freaking thing. <laughs> I will do oh. it. <laughs> okay. If you can make it happen. If you can make it happen, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I do not know Pillman or the rest of the Hart Foundation all like that. I had a brief interaction with Ted Hart when I reached out to him for wrestling training, and he was one of the few that were nice enough to get back to me on it. And he pointed me in the right direction, but... uh. Uh, a credible offered a, a a more viable deal for me that I could do at the time. Not saying that they wouldn't they wouldn't teach me. It's just I couldn't afford it. So, well, well, I'm, well, I'm saying like it doesn't have to be like with any of them. It could be with anyone. I don't I don't really care if you can, if you get to happen. I'll fil I'll I'm, I'll be more than happy to film it for you. Oh, okay, okay, sure, sure. Well, I will have to get back to you on that one because I got to go out and uh and uh figure out who uh. Or to whom that would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean. 
Yeah, just do do it, man. Just do your thing. All right. I'll 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 see what I can do. Okay. That's no, cool. I'm not gonna force you into it. It's a I'm. I just thought it'd be a cool idea. No, I think it's a great idea. So. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. So. We haven't dove into this yet, but your podcasting stuff. You do podcasting stuff too, right? I did do a podcast for a little while. I haven't in a while. Uh, Credible had me on I Hate This Podcast, and he does a podcast now with, with Vince Russo once a week. So uh, we're still going to do it, but it's just like I like I it's just we're all very busy, and it's kind of a whole production to do do a podcast especially when you're doing two three people getting our schedules to all line up so so you so you did a podcast and now you don't do one anymore no no then i started going on the road with credible well that's good well well i mean at least if you're not doing the podcast anymore you get to see him more often by by like you know being in the same stable with him and doing all the stuff with him now right right yeah at the yeah I never imagined all like it playing out like this back when I had the podcast and, and, uh, you know, he just more or less smartened me like, like Joe Rogan makes money and can live off a podcast yeah. or say Dr. Phil. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's, or, uh, or that, or that dude who used to go around on TV and, uh, smash things with a bat about like the stock market i can't think of his name okay those guys make money but it's it can be very difficult and i gave you know i gave it some time and it it wasn't exactly yielding the results slash it it takes a lot of resources to promote and to really plug your thing out there and i find i like doing the wrestling shows better not saying i wouldn't go back to doing it at some point but it's a uh, you really you really get the whole shebang going on the road and the whole experience of it all. So, uh, tell you have any funny road stories? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> Did, have you ever have you ever ridden the boys or whatever? Just you know, let me. Oh know. yes. Oh, of course I have. I've uh, I've I've ribbed jacks and I've ribbed credible. Well, t- well, t- yeah. Tell me about your ribs and your funny road stories. <laughs> uh, okay. Now I should warn you. This one is like maybe like PG fifteen, PG sixteen. Where how I ribbed jacks, where uh, I uh, wrote on the memo for something for like a money order. Yeah. And I I I don't know. I, I read on Reddit that it's fun to do this. Where I was doing it to like my landlord and always writing it in the memo of just anything for what for and i would always write for sensual massage so they would look all silly when they have to go cash it and uh, when i handed it to jacks and and uh and he called me over the phone and he's like what for for sensual what the you know with some other choice with some other choice words while he's laughing his ass off and uh uh, Credible has 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 ribbed me, and I'll, t- I'll I, I've told this story before, but I will tell you about the time he mildly hazed me within a couple hours of knowing him. Yeah. Where I had it was my first time driving out there. I drove right to his I drove right to his house, met him there, went and, and then said my hellos, introduced myself to his wife Jill and his son Christian, and his parents and his brother and his brother's son, and uh, 
we, uh, you know, exchanged pleasantries and I went and checked into the hotel, grabbed a shower and then I called him up and I said, where's like a Burger King? And he's like, no, I know better places to go eat. So I go back to Credible's house and pick him up and, uh, we're driving along maybe about five minutes away from his house and he's just, you know, talking about just the wrestling business and, you know, just telling me like, oh, you're taller than in person than, than your pictures do justice. And all of a sudden the conversation just takes a hard right turn where he began to go on and tell a very, very crude story about someone who I watched and, and idolized in my childhood, whose name I simply cannot mention because I refuse to believe. But on this trip alone out there, he verified that it was all 1000% true. And I was like, no, not such and such and so and so. And he's just sitting there with his eyes closed, grinning like, yes. I'm like, no. (laughs) Yes. It's like Darth Vader. You know it's true. (laughs) No, wait, there's a wait. Wait. He was talking. He was telling you about a wrestler who who did all this stuff, but they didn't really do all this stuff. No, no, it would. No, they did do all the stuff, all the, you know, you know, messed up uh, acts that I was told about, but I didn't want to believe it because I, you know, this was one of my childhood idols. Yeah. Okay, oh. and, and and you know, he wasn't like clenching his fist like Darth Vader, but he, uh, he, uh, you know, he knew what he was doing. He knew, and he, and and you know, my world was mildly shattered that day, and it brought cl- credible some pleasure, and he admitted it. It did bring him some pleasure. <laughs> oh, so. God. You know, and uh, yeah, and and it still does give him pleasure bringing that up because it just caught me so off guard. <laughs> that's that's wild, man. That's a rib. That's a rib right there. Yeah, and I intend to get credible with the sensual massage thing in the memo at some point. I it's just sometimes he, see. Here's the thing about credible and ribs. Okay, you know he was ribbed to plenty. Okay, in his WWE and. Uh, ECW days and such. Okay. Yeah. And he used to roll with Davy Boy Smith and Kurt Henning. Okay. And, you know, those guys, <laughs> you know, they were, you know, they rivaled Owen Hart in the rib department. Okay. Yeah. He would tell me stories that if you fell asleep on Kurt Henning while you're driving, while well, he's driving, you would turn around and slap you in the head and then blame it on, like, you know, X Pac or Davy Boy who would be sitting next to you. Or how this one story I was told where Credible was, and this is back when he was Aldo Montoya, they're in Wembley Stadium in the bar or by the hotel by Wembley or something. And uh, it was one of Mike Chioda's first big pay-per-view uh, checks, you know, the referee. So he came down like, uh, this is just according to them, mind you. I was not there. This was 1992, okay? Yeah. 93 times. So Chioda came downstairs and, you know, wearing his gold chains and his Scarface outfit. And he, I guess, went around and performed like seven crossbody cock blocks in about two minutes, okay? And Davy Boy was just looking like, you know, because he was the married one. He's like, this cannot stand, you know? So, as I'm sure you've heard, people had a bad habit in those days of just going around putting pills in each other's drinks, okay? You know? And Chioda passed out on the bar, and, and Davy Boy said, keep him down, hippie and ran upstairs to his room and grabbed a pair of clippers and plugged him, ran downstairs and plugged him in. It was like, a, according to Credible, like a kid in a candy store. And uh, 
proceeded to shave him completely bald. And uh, so then Shiota came to, and when he got up and started looking around and looked in the mirror directly across the bar, it turned into instant rage, and he sobered up immediately. But unfortunately for Chioda, Davy Boy Smith is wrestling royalty, so according to Credible, he was just fine. You know, he kept saying, I wasn't there, it wasn't even me, it might have been Owen. And uh, then the next following preceding year, uh, they uh, came back and there was people at the same bar and there was people handing them uh, pictures of Davy Boy Smith shaving him bald. Incredible has him somewhere, but they have not been able to be recovered yet. But they will probably be worth their weight in gold when they do. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Yes, we we never did anything like that, you know. You know, you shave you shave someone's head these days. Okay, they're gonna get up and they're probably gonna, they might want to punch your lights out or they'll call the cops on you or both. <laughs> Dude, um, I got I got a question, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you don't know Hulk Hogan, do you? <laughs> no, I have never encountered the Hulkster, not yet, at least one day. But what do you think Hulk Hogan's opinion on ECW actually is? Because he never talks about it. He never brings it up when he's in WWE. It's always WCW or the WWE. But he never talks about ECW. What do you think he thinks of it? Well, that is a very good question, I must say. Because it's funny, because Credible and I were, were talking about, uh, about how apparently Paul Heyman attempted to bring the Warrior in, but... Paul Heyman just didn't have warrior money and in WCW barely had warrior money in those days. So maybe it was never just a thought to, to Hogan because they probably simply couldn't afford Hogan in those days. But did he, did he know that they, that they existed? Oh, I'm sure he did. Because, because he's no, huh? He's no dummy. He didn't, Hogan didn't get to get to where he is by, Making bad decisions. Can you imagine if the NWO didn't make it like like Hollywood Hogan and the NWO made its way to, to ECW for like one night? Not not even on television, but like in a dark match. Like, can you imagine if that would have happened? Oh, jeez, that would have been crazy. That, but yeah, that would it, that would have been a match: Hall Nash Hogan versus. Uh, Sandman, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Incredible, because uh, I hate to say it, when they went to WWE, they destroyed the character because it's he was a world champion, and then they you know never really gave him a push, but the hardcore titles after that, and you know he could have done the he could have done the Intercontinental at very least, I would say in those days, or at least a tag team title a few times with you know the X Factor thing. But you know, with the with the whole thing of like you know Hogan trying to come back and have his final match ever in WWE, and Jim Cornette already talked about this on his podcast, and it's kind of becoming a thing of of subject now. But what what are your thoughts on like people like <coughs> on people like Hogan, Sting, um, Dreamer? Well, I guess not Dreamer, but like you know guys that are well established for decades in the business. And and they want to come back for their very last match ever, like you know, Stone Cold. I forgot him, you know, like in The Rock and all those. Like, like, do you think they should come back and have one last match, or do you think they should just trail it out for the rest of their days and just stay in retirement? 
Well, here's the thing about the wrestling bug. Sometimes it bites you. Sometimes you want to lay dormant and sometimes you just get restless. And it, I, my opinion, I like seeing them from time to time. And, you know, maybe I'd be lucky one day to get to manage them in a, in a match like I did get to do Bagwell. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my opinion of it. And, but, uh, a lot of those guys, they can't, you know, they like they're just so focused on other on, on doing other other things these days. So it's sometimes very seldom that you see them. Like when was the last time we saw The Rock? The last time I think the last time we saw The Rock was the SmackDown debut on Fox. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you like The Rock? I do like The Rock, and I and I was always, and see here's the thing when when SmackDown got moved to to uh, upn and like right you know regular tv i started watching it a lot more and i was always grateful and one of my uh goals that i wanted to get out of out of doing this wrestling thing is i've always wanted to do a one-off hosting gig of smackdown because i because that was the one that i the only one i could watch and i always liked watching it when it went to regular tv so that would be a dream come true why what why smack Wait, didn't SmackDown start on UPN when it first became a show? Yes, and then they moved it to cable, and I was pissed. And uh, then uh, they moved it back, and and it was right when Hogan uh, took the red and yellow again. So all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> I, remember, I remember when SmackDown used to be on my on my fifty Chicago or on the what or wherever. You, the channel was by you, but it was like a mine, right. whatever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they. Yeah, it, see, it's a lot of it is. It's just you know they get into it with the networks, and if if you read in a lot of these books where you know at the time Vince Vince was going through a lot of things with the networks because they didn't they, you know, wrestling it was one of the most successful shows on Raw has been one of the most successful longest running shows on TV. But if you read in these books about how all the ways they kept trying to torpedo it, it's kind of ironic, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, like, um, <clears throat> I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, wrestling for, I mean, for me, I mean, like, wrestling has been, like, freaking, freaking been a part of my life for so long now that, like, it's. It's crazy. I mean, like, I I actually, back in the day, like, back in high school, yeah, I can't believe I'm calling that back in the day at this point, but <laughs> but back in high school, I was always going to join my high school's wrestling team, and then eventually wanted to work my way up to get into the Dota E, but then, um, but then I decided to not do it because I went to the doctor one day, and they told me that I had to go to the doctor, like, frequently, and I, I guess that kind of scared me away. But I but I found but I found a different career path for broadcasting and now I'm doing that and now I do the podcast and I did a few DJ jocking jobs back in back in college. Nice, nice. In uh in because the, I went to a trade school as you say for broadcasting and there was radio stations and I did some DJ gigs in there. So how how did all that how did all that go? What was your experience like with being a on air DJ? Um, like, like what, when I was uh, in my uh, broadcasting school days? Yes. Yes. Well, um, I, 
I, uh, I, there's two radio stations in the, in the school and there is one called edge on there and there is another one called, I don't remember right now, but the, the one was more open with, with your choices and music, whatever. And the other one was like playing straight up underground bands that you would never hear of until you listen to us first. And, ah. and, <laughs> um, and I, and I had a gig doing being DJ on the underground music station and, and you would never believe what the name of my show was called. Do you know what I called it? What was it? Straight Edge on Air. <laughs> Gee, so creative. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. But no, I mean, it was... If you're asking for like how my experience was and all that stuff, it was... Um, it was... It was it was really nice. It, because, like, back then, I didn't... I think I had my iPod, but like what I should have done is that is that I should have timed my my segments because on the sheet that I, I was supposed to have because on the sheet that you were supposed to fill out with all the songs you were gonna play and all that stuff they had like yeah. they had like this twenty minutes this thirty minutes this ten minutes and and I never really did that correctly so my show would always end too early or it would or it would end too late. And so, and so I was like, dang it. And so I, I did that for a long time, but if I were to do it again, like today, if I was asked to do it again, I would do it the way that I, that I told you I would do it. I would time it out that time. Okay. 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 I Good also, deal. Yeah. And on top of that, I also did an internship for a, at a little uh, recording studio where I, where basically it was. I, I I didn't I didn't record or do any like I didn't record or make any music or anything. I was it, it wasn't even doing anything what I had to do what I was doing in, in the school. He made me literally just like cut cut album covers and slide them into the thing and put them in the CD case and print the design on the CD. Like I was basically doing odd jobs. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. But it was, it was an experience. It was, it was something, you know. Right, right. I hear, I hear it. Um, but, but man, it, if that wrestling career would have worked out, man, that would have been, that would have been an experience. <laughs> hey, it's 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 never too late. I started out at twenty nine. I know. I mean, I, I I mean, if I when I look at it now. I'm 26 now, and I look at when I look at myself now. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to do it anymore because I don't want to get, I don't want to break my arms and and give myself a, a concussion and break my neck eventually one day or anything like that. I mean, I right? There, there, there are there are risks inherently. But but like you've been but like you've been naturally trained into doing this though because your whole life you. There was something. There's something there that led you into it. So, it yeah. Well, like I say, I'm still in training, and I myself, I do have my limitations. I can only do so much at this given point in time, and uh, so a lot of times with a match with me, it comes down to how good my opponent is, and uh, I just lay down what I can do, and and so on. So, but that's you know, I guess with any match. Have you? Uh... Have you ever, um, what is it? Have you ever done a falcon arrow? 
Gone. No, I've never been to Falcon Arrow. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, have you ever done the Falcon Arrow? No, I've never done. I've never done the Falcon Arrow. I can, I can do part of a tag match, and I can do like a squash match where I can make someone look good, and I can get up on the mic, and I could talk a lot of you know what. <laughs> you, can, you can give you can give them crap. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times with the wrestling, you know, you just got to be careful who you work with. And everyone who I've worked around was my friend, so I know they're not out to hurt me. So, so have you ever been have you ever been to or wrestled in Illinois? No, uh, I I've I've never I've never been out west yet. I've been trying to get booked out there, but no. Well, I mean <laughs> I mean like we we do a lot. There's a lot of independent shows out here that that would be looking for guys, you know. Right. Hey, if, hey, if you if if I have fans out there and they want to see me and and they want to bring me out there, I'm more than willing. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. I mean, like how how well known uh, around the country do you think you do you think you are? Like, like I'm just asking. Like how like how well known around the country do you think people? I'm. I'm. I'm well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like a local regionalish guy. If that, you know, I. You know, mostly around the New England area. And that's why I was kind of surprised that uh, you reached out to me like I did. You know. Oh, so oh, so you're like you're like one of those guys that you're like one of the locals in your area and like to the rest of the country. You're they're like they're like new phone who this <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, for 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 now, you know, like I I have a presence I mean, on Twitter and Insta and, and Instagram, and I have little followings of people, you know throughout different parts of the world and sometimes people will buy bandanas and t-shirts off me and watch whatever we're doing on fight tv so i mean like it was nothing against you i'm just saying is it saying i'm just saying in general is the rest of the country when you talk to them they go they go it's like the who new phone who this sort of thing kind of kind of situation mm, not yet it's it, it 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 varies with who you interact with because, you know, I've interacted I've interacted with some of the veterans who I somehow found my way on their radar, and uh, and then sometimes I'll start talking to local indie guys like you, and uh, it you know and generally everyone's been very pleasant with me. I, I'm so honored, man. I I I never done anything on the indies, but I'm but I'm a local indie guy now. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, uh, no, thanks, but no, I mean, uh, but no, I mean, I fit, honestly, I think I told you I found you for Credible, because Credible tweet, I think you tweeted about Credible, or Credible tweet something about you, and then I was like, hmm, this guy seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hear you, I hear you. You know, I appreciate you bringing me on and everything, it's been a lot of fun. Because, yeah, because, hey, I mean... I mean, I want to open this platform to you so people can figure out about who you are, you know? Okay, okay. Well, there's many layers to the cable guy, I'll tell you that. You're like the lasagna <laughs> layers? Oh, yeah. Like the lasagna of wrestling. <laughs> each, each layer's better than the last. Oh, man. 
Well, we've been doing this for an hour and fifteen minutes. And... I I know I know I know I'm having a blast. Oh man, I think. Um, is there anything you want to ask me? By the way, I mean, like anything you want to ask me that you're curious about. Uh, what are your plans for the future of the show? Are you going to keep it geared towards wrestling or just like popular culture cosplay in general? And the other thing is, is that I noticed you, did you play D and D back in the day? I, I never really truly started playing it until literally November because, because I, uh, I went to a convention up in Wisconsin with a few friends of mine, and we started playing it in a Denny's at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and and we and then we started playing it there, and then I started getting into it. I'm still a very fresh newbie. Don't get me wrong; like I'm no master yet, but right. We uh we used to play it all the time uh back when I was in high school, but I was but eventually I was that one guy who always when I'm allowed to tell the story, it always takes very twisted, dark turns. And then they just stop playing with me. Have, have you, have you ever asked credible? Like, Hey man, am I getting Dungeons and Dragons with me, man? No, no, he, I don't, I don't think he plays Dungeons and Dragons. Do you think he, uh, what's that? Do you think he would want to though with you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe when he first met me out of curiosity, but now cause he's known me for a little bit. Uh, you know, or maybe after, you know, you know, the right type of convincing maybe, but also the second I, uh, I started having it take dark twisted turns. And, and here's the thing is like when you ride up and down on the road with someone, okay, it's like tr- trying to rib him. He, you know, he, he has three kids of his own. He's like over a decade older than me. Okay. You know, he, he's, he's called me. He's credible's called me out a, a few times on some things on the road. <coughs> you know, and, and my craziness. And, uh, so it's very hard to, you know, to, to, you know, to catch him sleeping. So he could, he would just see it coming like from a mile away, like that twitch in my eyes where I'm going to give him some, you know, twisted ultimatum and he will have, you know, answer a and answer B and whichever answer he chooses, he's wrong. Because I, I could just see it now. Like, I feel like credible would make a character somewhat off the impact players. (laughs) Like, he would call like it like, like he would like call like his character like, some like something impact. Right, right. But hey, you never you never know. You could always you could always tweet him and ask him. I think he's I very sh- active. He's very active on Twitter, and he usually gets back to people. I think I I think I tweeted credible. I think like a few times, and he never got back to me. Maybe because he was busy or whatever. But right. Uh, yeah, he also he see a lot of these guys they got a million people tweeting them you know a thousand times a day and when you get a bunch of tweets coming in eventually you stop getting the notices on your phone and you just see it whenever you go on and you know sometimes it's hours before you can check the check the thing and uh so and then when it's you're just like overwhelmed when you got like a hundred hundred notices and so it's probably nothing personal yeah, I mean, no, I, I, um, I, I understand that. I mean, like, um, I, uh, if did I answer your question, though? Yes, you did. You did answer the question. Oh yeah, I forgot because I, I, we were rambling on and on about that. I forget, I forget if I answered your question or not. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to chug along this podcast as, as long and as far as I can until, until I can, until I can not do it anymore. But, um, okay. Okay. But, uh, but like, I mean, even though I am a huge wrestling fan, I do, and I do like getting wrestlers on here, but I also like, I just like bringing people on for things that I like, that I love, like cosplay, conventions, wrestling, Anything. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. I I hear you. Those are all really cool, interesting things, and uh, each one has its own uh, unique fan base. I find. Do you think you get if, when you get uh, popular enough in wrestling? Are you going to make a cable company called Credible Cable? Uh, if I if I become John Cena successful, I'm avoiding just the communications, and because I've worked I've worked a few years in various aspects of it, and. That business is all sorts of fudged up and just head for the hills. If, like when I learned some a lot of the ins and outs of it, went back when I was a cable guy and and you know we're yeah it's yeah no <laughs> no, no, no credible cable we're all, for only for only five ninety nine a month you you can you can get uh you can get the you can get packet you you can get. 50 channels of nothing but cre- just incredible matches. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh. That's a lot of credible right there. Well, it's credible cable. <laughs> and it's just incredible. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 82 of Cyber Time Bite. You can follow me on Facebook at CyberTimeBite. You can follow me on Twitter at NostalgiaVamp. And you can buy my merchandise at RedBubble.com under Crash Steven Gear, where even you know that the Spork is the most powerful of them all. How about you? <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh I'm, oh, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, how about you? Uh, share your socials. I'm sorry, you keep breaking out. What? What's that? Your social media. Oh, okay, my bad. You kept breaking out. Okay, yeah. I'm on Twitter at RealCableGuy1, and I'm on Instagram, RealCableGuy. Uh, each word is spaced out. So so you're only on Twitter? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You, oh, you're on the gram? <laughs> oh, yeah, you betcha. Oh, man. Well... With that, with that being said, I would like to thank you all for for listening, and I hope all of you. Oh, and thank you by the way for coming on. By the way, oh it, my pl- my pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Hey, no problem. I want to thank each and every one of you listening. That I hope all of you have a great day. Have a nice one. <laughs>